Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. concerts and stadiums I, I enjoy, I, I'm like an excitable person I like to be around people but I was just thinking during worship I've been I've been at places where big big victories were won I've been at, at concerts and people were so excited to see whoever it was whoever he was or she was and, and people cheer and they get loud but I'll tell you I've also been in stadiums where people were worshiping God when I led the youth group here, I'd go to, to stadiums and there'd be 20,000, 30,000 teenagers and more sometimes, teenagers worshiping God. And even just right here, and we've had two great services, full services today, but worship sounds different than celebration at a concert. And worship has a different, a unique sound than, than people shouting at a, at a football game or whatever else. It's a different sound, and I'll tell you why. It's a sound of freedom. Because if when you cheer for somebody on the field, they won, they got a bonus, I don't know, they got a Lamborghini, I don't know what they got, but it don't really change my situation. But worship is worship because He set me free. He saved me. He healed me. He provided for me. He changed my situation. I, I was in a pit, but he got me out. I was in a pit. Now I'm in the palace. I, I was lost. Now I'm found. I was sick. Now I'm healed. I was in bondage. Now I'm set free. I was in chains. Now I'm liberated. I've got a reason. I wonder if anybody's got a reason to praise him. I wonder if anybody's got a reason to shout. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yes, 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 yes! God's doing a great thing. God's doing a great thing. I, um, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm gonna, I, I love the worship, and I want to keep that energy. Stay standing. I'm going to read one verse. I'm going to jump right into the Word. Ushers, help me quickly today. Um, I want to just give you one quick thing for the offering. We're going to keep going. This is a super Sunday. We always have fun on this day. Um, 
Some people with wisdom have said there's things in culture that you can, that we need to reject. I believe there's things in culture as a church we need to reject. There's things in culture that we accept, and there's things in culture we can redeem. And I remember when I first started pastoring, I was really discouraged on one Super Bowl Sunday because I was like, where's everybody at? And then I go on Facebook after church, and like everybody was doing brisket and barbecue and hot dogs and all kind of stuff. So I just said, you know what? We're having hot dogs at church next year, and everybody come have hot dogs at church, and we'll just keep the... (laughs) So if you were wondering why there was hot dogs outside, that was the reason. So I just took you on the time machine to like 2013. Um, but yeah, it was between, sir. I hope you guys got a hot dog, whatever it is. First Chronicles 29, 14. I just want to show you real quick as we, as we worship the Lord in giving today. And as people I know at the beginning of the year, we begin new habits, new, new um, things in our life. And my plea to the church, as we've got two full services and just seeking vision, if you were here in the second service on our Miracle Sunday, um, Bishop Carl has has given us prophetic words before, just a word from the Lord, and he really uh, spoke over the church. It's it's really time to take ground, is what he said, um, and and uh, to move forward with God's um, with the vision God has for us. And so my plea for the church. Uh, because I do believe what God is doing here is bigger than what these four walls can contain. And um, I've been in this chapter, I love this chapter right here, because God put that vision and dream in David's heart to build God a house. So he began to just give generously from his own treasure, his own wealth. God told David, he said, David, I'm not putting that calling on you, but I'm putting it on your son. And as a father's heart, I can imagine how excited and elated he was to think, okay, this job isn't for me, but it is for my son. And just what an amazing calling that that, that would give you as a heart of a father. And so he leads, the ch- he leads the church, he leads the people of God, and he prays this prayer as the offering is just rolling. There, It's time, we're doing a building offering, and the offering's rolling. And he prays this prayer, he says, Lord, who am I? But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? First of all, it's just kind of amazing, like, how could I add anything to God? How could I give anything to God? He's God. But I have an opportunity to give and add to his kingdom. And then he says this, he says, everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. And I'll tell you, and I want to tell you quick, because I feel such a great high faith and energy in the room, I want to preach. But let me just say to you this morning, and maybe even challenge you to the church today, everything in your hand is his anyways. So why don't we just give him what he's asked? And I promise you, he will bless you with more. I promise you, he will. He will, he will, he will. And so I believe that giving starts with obedience, and that's just a, it's a 10%. It's a tithe. It's a tenth. It's a dime. That's, that's what we would say. And so that's where, that's where generosity starts. It's what God asks from us. He says, return it to me because it's mine. It's obedience. It's simple. It's the same for everybody, whether you made $10 this week or whether you made a million dollars this week. And if you made a million dollars this week, let's go out to lunch. I want to know what you're up to. Let's pray over the offering. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to give generously to your kingdom, your house. I pray over this people, God, that as we trust you uh, with obedience to return that percentage-based giving, Lord, I pray that you would that you would powerfully, miraculously, and quickly prove your provision in their life so that the enemy cannot take away the seed that you planted in their heart in this moment. And as they trust you, Lord, I, tr- I know that you will bless them with more, that you will elevate them, that you will provide for them. And I pray it over the house today. In Jesus' name, God bless you as you give. 
ushers move through the audience there and I know I'm trying to go quick here um, I'm going to go and read one verse if you were here last week I think I had y'all standing for like 15 verses I try not to do that not that we shouldn't read 15 verses in church we should read that and more uh, but um, I just want to be mindful of people standing although you guys were worshiping so great like um, you guys were getting your calisthenics in so stand with me one more time I just want to read this verse uh, just to honor the word and to be in unity together Proverbs 24 16 uh, read it with me it says for though the righteous if I drop off you guys keep reading for though the righteous They rise again. I feel that, Marie. I just feel like reading that seven times. I'm not going to, but I just feel like it. Uh, if, you, uh, if, if you pay attention to sports, you know there's a big football game tonight. Um, recently, it was before Congress to make tomorrow a national holiday because everybody celebrates and watches this football game. And I thought, you know, if anything could unite us politically... A day off on Monday could probably really <laughs> just unite this country and the politics and all that stuff. But uh, it seems like Paul followed sports. Um, he told us that we are not like boxers beating air. You know, you see the boxers out there just... He says, we're not like boxers beating air, but you have a real enemy to fight. Uh, he said, look at the Olympic runners. He said, they train, they, they're sweating. You see these guys training and running. He says, they do all that for a medal they're going to put in a drawer and it's going to rot and rust. And he said, but we are running a race with Jesus Christ for a crown that is incorruptible and will never rust and never decay. It's an eternal reward. So he says, run the race knowing there's a finish line and knowing there is a prize. So I just want to preach to the church today, win again. Tell somebody around you, win again. And you can be seated. God bless you. Tell your neighbor, even if I fall seven times, I'm still going to win. All right. You know, um, hallelujah. I feel it in the house today. There's a great energy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Maybe we maybe it was the hot dog was it hot dogs is that what it was I don't know. Uh, you know once somebody becomes a champion that's it it's undisputed they say undisputed champ why do they say that it's because they proved it they earned it they beat all of the opponents uh, in most cases they endure an entire season they take on all comers all opponents they don't shy away from anybody uh, depending on the sport they may have played every other team in the league. Uh, through the season, and then they would get into that in-season or the postseason tournament called playoffs. And in the playoffs, it's a tournament. When you lose, you're out. And so each opponent gets tougher and tougher as you go. But to be the champ, you have to make it through the season. You have to make it through the tournament, and you get to that big stage, the season-ending championship. And in that moment, you're playing the toughest opponent that you could have faced all season. And they win that championship, and, and, and I, I, I admit I enjoy sports, I follow it, and, and I, I, I tried to play when I was younger and all those things. Uh, I still try to play even at my ripe old age, George, uh, and, and Justin here with the uh, men's basketball life group. I still get out there, need to lose a few pounds, but, you know, we're still out there. George, we're not as good as we 
once were, but we're as good once as we ever were. Um, and so I'm talking to George because we graduated high school the same year, and me and George like to team up out there. Um, but it's amazing to me because just as soon as the game is over, they'll put the camera in their face and the microphone in their face. And, and, it, and it's like, great job, you won the championship. But then like almost immediately, they start to turn the page and say, can you win again? Can you win the championship next year? It's like, can we just enjoy this one for a minute? Like, we haven't even shut the lights off at the stadium yet, and you're asking me, can we win again? And pay attention, because they'll do it tonight. They'll be like, can you win again? And they're like, we just trying to celebrate and enjoy this one. Let us just enjoy this one. Because once somebody is a champion, the only question that remains is, can you do it again? And so then they say, well, they're a repeat champion, or they're a three-peat champion. And if you pay attention to it, tonight's game is there's a team from Kansas City, and they are called the Chiefs, and they are the current champs, which means they won last year. And so the question is, this year, can they win again? And as I began to think about that, I thought there's a lesson for the church in that. Maybe I won some victories on that 21 days. Where's Vanessa at? Vanette Valerie said the same thing. Maybe I won some victories on that 21 days of prayer and fasting. But I want to keep the victory and I want to win again. I remember in the old church they used to talk about keeping the victory. And it was an understanding that even though I got the victory, I've got to fight to keep the victory, and I've got to win again. And so I remember that David came up against Goliath, and they said, he's the champion from Gath. That's what they said. Read it. I saw some people with champion t-shirts on today from our, our message series a year or two ago, and they called him that. If you read the Bible, it says he was the champion. That's what it said. He was the champion from Gath. And then Saul, the king, brought a faithless word to David and said, David, this guy's been winning since he was young. He's won again and again and again and again, and you probably don't want to fight him. And David said, you might not know this, but I'm a repeat champion as well. I fought a lion, and I won. I fought a bear, and I won. I'll beat this giant again. And I'll beat him again and again and again. And David slew giants the rest of his life until he was an old man. And the younger men said, let us take it from here now, David. We don't want the lamp of Israel to go out. But I just want to tell the church today, I can do all things through Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved us. And I can win and I can win again. I can keep the victory God gave me and I can win again. You know, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I, w I was going to say this. I, I said this in the first service. But my wife and I, there's two families in the church that uh, got a new house, did a renovation, this kind of thing. So we went over, blessed the house. I see Vicki, Sabrina right here. Uh, and and w we went to another family as well. They didn't have any decorations on the wall. Uh, Julian back there, he'll know what I'm talking about. And they had one decoration on the wall, and I loved it. One decoration. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Jesus Christ. That strengthens me. I want to tell the church today, that's a powerful lesson for us. This might just be an inspirational sermon today. Let me say that. My, my pastor, he taught me, he said, good sermon. He said, it, um, it has information, but it also has inspiration. Some sermons are both. Some sermons are one or the other. A good sermon has both. 
If you want a real deep study, come back next week. Maybe I'll have something else. But today, I just want to inspire somebody to believe for the victory in their life. To believe that if God is on my side, who can be against me? And just, I can do all things through Christ. And it doesn't matter if I fall and I'm going to get up again. And I'm going to win again. I may say amen to that. So, so here's the thing. Uh, the, 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 even though the, the Chiefs, they are the champion right now, it's, what's interesting about this and kind of what led me to, to, to thinking along these lines is this team has actually been in this game four times in the last five years. They've won. They've lost. They didn't make it. They won again, and now they're playing tonight. And I thought about that's how life is. I've won. I've lost. I've missed. I won again. And I'm still in the fight. And that's true of your life. There's going to be times you're going to fall. But it said the righteous man fell seven times, but he got up again. This shows me that champions stumble and fall. It shows me that the only difference between the unrighteous man and the righteous man is the righteous man said, it's not done yet. I'm going to get up again. And I want to tell the church today, whether you're coming off a loss or a win, you can win again. The prophet Micah, he said in chapter 7 and verse 8, he said, Oh, my enemies, don't rejoice over me, because when I fall, I shall arise. And I believe there's a lesson in the house today. I might have fallen seven times, but it ain't over yet. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to get up again. Sometimes we look at people even around us, and because they are down, we count them out. Sometimes we look at ourselves, and because we're down, we count ourselves out. Maybe you go through a hard season and you think this can never change. Maybe uh, uh, you, you even look at the church, and, and I've known people that look at the church and say, the best days are behind us. We, we used to be this way, or we used to have this, or whatever. And, and, I, and I just say, no, if God is still with us, God is before us. And he said the latter is better than the former anyways. And, and if you've got a sickness or disease, maybe you're thinking, God is never going to heal me from this. Or maybe you're bound up by something and just, just locked in. And, and, and you think you're never going to get delivered by it. But I want to tell somebody today, even if you feel beat up, sick, hurt, discouraged, fallen, bloody, bruised, or lost your way, somebody ought to get that spirit of the prophet Micah and say to your enemy, I might be down, but I'm not out. Don't celebrate yet because I'm getting up again. The bell has not rung, and I'm getting up again. I've got fight in me again. I've got, uh, I've got another push in me again. I've got another swing in me again. I'm still going to put my foot in front of the other again. Somebody ought to just say again. Jeremiah said this. He said, again, the word of the Lord came to me. That's good because a prophet says again. I heard the word the first time, but I needed it again. And I think there's people in the house today that need a word from God again. I love the word again because again means I've got another chance. It means I've got another opportunity. And, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand me today. I, I'm not 
celebrating mistakes. I'm not glorifying falling. I, uh, but I'm, and I'm not saying you have to have mistakes to, to keep going forward. But I want to preach today because we all are human. And since our father Adam and our mother Eve, we have had a pattern of getting things mixed up. And even Paul, the apostle, he said, oh, wretched man that I am. And I think there's been times when all of us have been disgusted with the mistake we made or the fall or the choice or whatever it was. And, and there's times we've missed out on stuff. But the Bible says this, that the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous is the righteous man got up and said, Lord, forgive me again. Lord, give me grace again. Lord, give me mercy again. And he said, I'm going to win this thing again. I'm in a fight with the enemy. Paul said, I'm not boxing air. I'm boxing the enemy. I might have taken a shot, but I'm fighting again. And the one that wins is the one that gets up and says, I can do all things through Christ. My strength is in the Lord. I started this race out, and I'm running to win it. And it doesn't matter if I finish the race first, but it matters if you finish. It matters if you get to the finish line. I want to tell somebody today, keep praying, keep believing, keep serving God. Let your faith run. Let your hope rise. Let your worship come out of your mouth. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift your hands. Somebody give God a shout of praise and do it again until you finish the race. Somebody ought to just give God a praise right there. I feel it in the house. Yes, praise the Lord. So, I, I, because it's a super Sunday, I usually have two points, three points. I got two today, so somebody said amen. First thing is, I want to tell you, the power of God can come over you again. I, I was jabbing at myself. This might not be the most scholarly sermon I've ever preached, but I do believe it's inspirational. But I thought this was, I thought as I was studying, I thought this was powerful. The word sin is used 448 times in your King James Bible. But we can be forgiven again. Fear is in your Bible 264 times. But we can be encouraged a 265th time. You with me? We can be encouraged again. Anger is in the Bible 234 times. But we can be calmed by the joy and the peace of God again. Hate is in the Bible 87 times. But we can love again. His love can come over us again. Bitterness is in the Bible 22 times, but we can forgive again. Envy is in the Bible 20 times, but we can be blessed again and again and again. And here's my, here's my good news and my deep study for you today is that the word again is in your Bible 672 times, more than double any of those other things. I just feel like saying again 672 times in this sermon today because it's a word of hope. And no matter what the enemy has told you, God has an again for you. You can get, have his joy again, his grace again, his mercy again, his love again. He can pick you up again. He can lift you up again. He can bless you again. He can fill you again. He can touch you again. He can overcome whatever you're fighting again and again and again and again because we serve a God that can win again. We serve a God that's a repeat champ. 
Mark chapter 8, there's this interesting story that we read of a blind man. Jesus touches his eyes to heal him. And he was blackout blind, couldn't see anything. And he asked the man, what do you see now? And he said, well, I do see something, but it looks like men as trees walking. Which I've always found that to be very interesting. Like somebody that was blackout blind, couldn't see anything. Now he's like, I'm seeing a little fuzzy. I'm seeing a little blurry. Like it looks like these guys are trees, which I don't know how he knew what trees look like, but I digress. And so the Bible says that the Lord puts his hands on him and touches him again. And his sight was made whole. Now, there was nothing wrong with the first touch of the Lord. It's not that it was ineffective because it was. He went from blackout blind to being able to see men, but they looked like trees that were walking. And maybe he just knew that trees aren't supposed to walk. And so Jesus, with all power in heaven and earth, touched his eyes again. And his eyes opened and he saw everything clearly. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with the touch of the Lord, but sometimes we need a second touch. Sometimes we need a second forgiveness. Sometimes we need another anointing. How many would say in the house today, you know what, my eyes are a little blurry. I just want another touch from the Lord. 2023 was a mess. I just need another touch from the Lord. This week was a week and I just need some wind in my sails. I need a touch from the Lord. I have good news for you today. There's a second touch and Jesus can touch you again and again and again. Jesus can heal you again and again and again. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Samson, he, he could not get away from the sin that he was in. He was trapped in it. He was caught up with Delilah. The Bible tells us he tried to leave her, tried to distract her, tried to lie to her about his strength, tried to just disassociate in whatever way, but he had fallen so deep into her trap of sin that he could not get out. She began to ask him to say, what, what, is, what is the source of your strength? And First a couple times he lied to her. You know the story. He said, you know, if you tie me and bind me up with this type of rope, you know, I just, I can't break out of that. And so he falls asleep and he wakes up tied up with that exact type of rope. <laughs> maybe you should stop trusting her, but that's another story. It's a relationship preaching series, maybe another time. But, but, <laughs> he, he, and, and, and so he rips out of it and it says the power of God was on him and the Holy Spirit was on him. He breaks out of it. And, and then he says, okay, she says, you know, honey, you lied to me. That was, that's not. And so he says, okay, fine, I'll tell you the truth, which I can't imagine why he would trust her now. But he says, honey, I took this Nazarite vow. And since I was a child, I dedicated my life to the Lord. And I have never touched a dead animal. I have uh, never drank wine. And no razor has ever come to my head. And he said, if any of those things would happen, my, my dedication to the Lord would be broken and the power of God would leave me. This was a, not a common vow, but much, it, was, it was a vow of the Old Testament that some people to have a deeper uh, devotion to the Lord would take. Uh, and so he, he, he falls asleep one night in the lap of Delilah, the Bible tells us. And he had told her, if my head is shaved, that vow would be interrupted and I would lose the power of God. And so he falls asleep and she shaves his head. He awoke to the Philistines attacking him. And the Bible said he woke up to fight them like he had before, but he knew not, the King James says, he knew not that the power of the Holy Ghost had left him. 
He didn't realize he was clean shaven on the top of his head. And so he goes to fight like he had before, but the power of God was not on him. He was contained. He was arrested. He went into bondage, into a Philistine prison. His eyes were gouged out, and they had him grinding wheat on a mill, usually a job reserved for an animal or an ox. But I love this verse right here. How many are thankful for the word again? I just feel like they should have kept the barber on hand. But the Bible said the hair on his head began to grow again. Somebody might say, what's the big deal about that? It means the vow to God was restored again. His dedication to God was restored again. And guess what? The power of God came over him again. And then the day came that they brought him into the temple of a pagan god named Dagon. And they were trying to make fun of him and say, look, we got the biggest and strongest of God's people in chains and bondage. And he asked a boy, he said, just get me to the center pillars of the temple. I've got an idea. And he begins to get onto these two pillars. Or they're, they're mocking him and mocking his God. And in verse 28, he prays this prayer. He says, Lord, remember me and strengthen me. Again, take uh, let me take vengeance on the Philistines. Uh, rejoice not against me, my enemies. You might have knocked my eyes out, but I haven't given up yet. And guess what? As he put his hands on those pillars, the power and the presence of God came over him. And even though he had won with the donkey of a jawbone, even though he had ripped gates off the city, he got his biggest victory when he won again. And the power of God came over him again. And his devotion to God was there again. I just want to ask somebody today, how long has it been? Since you prayed an again prayer. God, give me that zeal again. Give me that joy again. Give me that power of your spirit again. Touch me again. Heal me again. Bless me again. Fill me again. Somebody just get that on their spirit today and say again. I feel that. The second thing I want to tell you is God's word will come to you again. Not only will his power come to you again, but his word will come to you again. I, I, uh, I was jabbing at myself. I, this might not be the most scholarly sermon, but I did enjoy finding this little nugget. Jesus told his disciples many times. You can look it up and see how many times. But he said to his disciples a few times. He said, as I said before, so I now say again. That means his disciples either forgot what he said or they stopped walking or obeying the instruction that he gave them. Now, I don't know if I didn't have a lot of parents in the nine, but can I get some amens from the parents that you might have to tell your kids that? As I said before, so I now say again. Maybe you can say that in the King James like that. As I said before, so I now say again. Kids, I don't talk in King James like I just say, buddy, I already told you. <laughs> don't act up. We can trade parent phrases later. But Jesus said, as I told you before, I, I got to say this again to you. And how many know as his disciples, there's times we need the word of the Lord again. The Bible said that uh, the, the, the word of the Lord, over and over we read where it'll say the word of the Lord came again. 
uh, prophets will say, again, the word of the Lord came to me. And God does speak to us as often as he needs to. But what I found interesting is when the Lord spoke to his creation, he never had to say it again. When he said, let there be light, there was light. He didn't have to go, a darkness. As I said before, now I say again. I don't think every morning the Lord's like, son, as I said before, now I say again. When he spoke the fowls, the birds into the air, boom. When he spoke the fish into the sea, boom. When he's divided the water from the land, boom. And he never had to say it again. But how many know with humanity that's been given a free will, sometimes we need to hear the word of the Lord again. And there's somebody in the house today that needs to be encouraged by the word of the Lord again. Somebody today needs to hear the word of the Lord again. I remember the word of the Lord came to Samuel as a young man, and he was in the apprenticeship of the older prophet, Eli. And, and in those days, it was almost like a parsonage. The, the uh, prophet would live at the church, kind of. And, and so he was, he was staying with the prophet, and, and he, um, he would, where, where they would do sacrifices and different things. And so he, would, he was um, in the apprenticeship of Eli. That's what I'm trying to say. And so Samuel, the young man, he goes to sleep at night, and the Lord begins to call out to Samuel in the middle of the night and say, Samuel, Samuel. And the young man did not yet know what the voice of the Lord sounded like. He had never heard the voice of the Lord. And so he wakes up and he hears Samuel, Samuel. And so he goes and he knocks on the prophet's bedroom door and he says, prophet, did you call me? Do you need me? And the prophet said, no, son, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Everything's fine. You know, it's the middle of the night, son. Go back to sleep. He goes back to sleep. Second time, the voice of the Lord comes. He doesn't recognize it as the voice of the Lord. He says, Samuel, Samuel. He wakes up. He goes, knocks on the prophet's door. Prophet, did, did you call me? Do you need me? I heard my name. And he said, no, son, that was not me. But if you hear that again, it might be the voice of the Lord. And say, yes, Lord, here am I. I hear you. And the third time, the voice of the Lord came and said, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel says, yes, Lord, I hear you. The third time he began to understand that's the voice of the Lord. I'm glad to tell you today that God is patient with us. If you will tune your ear into his voice, he will call on you. He will speak to you and you will hear his voice again. A lesser known story in the book of Judges chapter 13, a man named Manoah and his wife. Uh, the, the wife got a word from the angel of the Lord in the field. And the angel told her that she would give birth to a baby and said that God was going to use that child in a mighty way. She was in such shock that she couldn't speak. But later, as her voice came back to her, she went to her husband. And she tells her husband the word that came to her. Well, the man was, was a little bit behind on this with his faith. And he said, I just... I'm going to need some confirmation from the Lord myself. It's glad, I'm glad that you got that word, but I need to hear from the Lord myself. And that's a good thing, by the way, to hear from the Lord yourself. And he goes and he prays for confirmation. And he prays and he says, Lord, you've told my wife this word. I don't know if, I'm going to, if I need to dissuade her, if she's just overzealous. I, but if you give me that word, I'll partner with her in faith and this thing will happen. And in that moment, he heard the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord came to him and confirmed it. 
it. And the voice of the Lord gave him the faith that he needed to keep going. And I believe that's true for us in this house today. There's somebody that needs to hear the voice of the Lord again. There's somebody that's been fighting life for too long. There's somebody that's been having negative voices in their ear and negative voices in their spirit. And it's time for the renewing power of God in your life. I'll tell you, just a still small voice can crowd out the voice of the enemy that God is in control that everything is going to be all right. And I want to tell somebody today, if God is for you, who can be against you? You might be walking in a nighttime, but joy is coming in the morning. You might be walking in a valley of a shadow, but I've got to tell you that God is with you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he will never leave you. And sometimes we just need that encouragement from the Lord. In the, uh, in the opening of the book of Jonah, it was the first chapter, and it said that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Anybody know the story of Jonah and the whale? A couple people, maybe I need to turn to the book of Jonah. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, the opening chapter of the book of Jonah, the first chapter, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. Preach repentance. How many know if he would have obeyed that command, we might not even have a book of Jonah? Because it'd be like one verse. Go to Nineveh, preach. He did. That's the book. (laughs) But because he didn't, we have a five-chapter book. Chapter 2, he buys a ticket in the wrong direction from where God told him to go. God says, go east. He goes west. (laughs) Chapter 3, he's in a storm. And the guys on the boat say, this is so bad. This is like a supernatural storm. Did anybody make God mad? This is in your Bible. It's a good story. Go home and read it. And Jonah's like, well, I did. (laughs) And they said, why did you get on the boat? Get out of here. He does. He jumps overboard. Then he gets swallowed by a whale. And in the belly of that whale, he begins to pray and say, Lord, could you give me that word again? Because I'm ready to obey that word now. How many know sometimes God needs to send the word again? Because I'm ready to obey now. I'm ready to listen now. I'm ready to go in the right direction now. And God says, all right. And the word of the Lord now comes to the fish and says, spit my prophet up on the beach. The fish does. No, uh, Jonah's on the beach and God says, okay, arise, go to Nineveh and preach. How many know sometimes we need the same word again? I need the same word again. I need to know that God is in control. I know know, that God has a plan for my life. I need to know that God is a healer. I need to know that God is a savior. I need to hear the word of the Lord again. I remember when Gideon, and I'm almost through. I remember when Gideon was uncertain and fearful. He said to the Lord, have you ever heard this thing where people will say, lay out a fleece before the Lord? And if you never knew what that meant, it's about a fleece blanket. And it's about this man, Gideon. He said to the Lord, if that's really you speaking to me, I'm going to lay out a fleece blanket. And in the morning, if the blanket is wet and the grass is dry, I'll know it was you speaking to me. 
Because it should be flipped. In the morning dew, the grass should be wet and a blanket should be dry. Or at least not soaking wet, just maybe a little damp. He goes out in the morning and guess what? The ground is dry and the blanket is wet. And now I would have said, wow, God, look at you. But he says, Lord, don't be angry with me. If it's really you, could you do this thing again tomorrow? You know the story? And guess what? The Lord does it again. That should give us comfort today. Because when we doubt, when we fear, when our faith gets low, God is more than willing to give us a sign again. God is more than willing to give us a miracle again. God is more than willing to show us His favor, His power. So many times we listen to the other voices, but I wonder if somebody would just tune into the voice of God today. Say, let your power come over me again. Let your voice come to me again. Let your word come to me again. I'm ready to walk with you again. Somebody ought to just give God a praise one more time. Amen, 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 amen. Music come. I'm going to close today. I um, How many know God is consistent? The Bible, Bible tells it this there. He says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I love about that is that verse was wrote a lot of two days ago. But even all those days ago, he was the same on that yesterday, that today, and that tomorrow. And all these days later, he's still the same in our yesterday, our today, and our tomorrow. It means that God has not changed. And so God's ready to do it again. But for somebody in the house today, maybe you need to do it again. Revelation chapter 3 said uh, his judge, God's judgment was on the church of Laodicea because they had lost their first love. And he said, return to the first works again. And I wonder if that's a word for somebody in the house today. Pray again. Listen to worship music again. Find your way to the altar again. Lift your hands and worship again. Sing the songs of Zion again. Lift up, be to church and just be here when that first song cranks up. Maybe even be here early for prayer. We got Friday night prayer, Vanessa. We got Friday night prayer this Friday night. If you don't know, the third Friday of every month, we got prayer from 7 o'clock to about 8 or whenever the Lord releases us. But maybe, maybe if you find yourself falling, do the things you did before again. I remember when Noah was on the boat, and the Bible said that the waters were going down, the flood waters were fading. They said that he would send a bird out, and um, the, if the bird returned to him without finding any green leaf, then it wasn't time to leave the boat. And so imagine you're ready to get off this boat. You're on the boat with all these stinking animals and just the pigs and the cows and just all this stuff. You're ready to get off this boat, and that dove comes back, and it's like, ah, it's not time to get off the boat. The next day, he would send that dove out again, trying to find a perch, trying to come back with a green leaf. And then he would know that vegetation has come and it's time to get off the boat. And just how many times did Noah just send that dove out? And then sometimes it'd come back, send it out, come back. And maybe your prayers feel that way. They go up and they come down, go up and they come down. But you know, he kept sending that dove out. And finally, the dove didn't come back which meant that dove found a home somewhere. And he said, I ain't going back to the ark. And Noah said, all right, family, it's time to go. Let the pigs off. Let the cows out. 
Let the horses off. Let's go. I believe that's a word for somebody today. Just let it up again. Send that prayer up again. Send faith up again. Send hope up again. Here's what I want to close with. is 2 Samuel chapter 5 and 20. Said David, you know, David just had fights over and over and over again. He fought giants his whole life. You would, if, if, a lot of times, I think maybe if we went out on the street and did a poll, most people think the only giant he ever fought was Goliath. But he fought battles his whole life. You'll fight battles your whole life. That's why this type of message is important. you got to learn how to win again. And keep that victory when God gives it to you. When God gives you ground, don't let the enemy take it away. But stand your ground. Here's what happened with David, and I've preached this passage. I love it. It's a different sermon, but I just wanted to close with it. David went to this place called Baal Parazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broke through my enemies like before. Uh, he might, sorry. The Lord has broken through my enemies before me, meaning in front of me, like a breakthrough of water. And he named that place Baal Parazim. Baal Parazim means a burst. It means like the dam broke and now just that waterfall is just flowing. It's like the door got knocked off the hinges and it's just a siege now. There's a breakthrough. It, what David was saying and what he named that place because their victory was so great. It wasn't like they just kind of knocked them over. They knocked them down and knocked them back to where they were retreating. And here's why that's important. Because now taking ground is easy because the enemy has retreated and we've broken through the enemy's stronghold. And I want to tell you today that you can get such a great victory with God that the next victory is easy. It's easy to take that next ground because the enemy has retreated. That next victory is going to be easier because the enemy has run away and his defenses are broken down. And now there's a snowball effect that one victory turns into another victory. And one defeat over the enemy turns into another defeat over the enemy. And I want to tell you today that that is how it is with God. He wants to take you from victory to victory, from strength to strength. I know that people have won victories at the beginning of this year on those 21 days of prayer. And I want to tell somebody, don't let the victory streak stop now. But God is the God of the breakthrough. And the gates are knocked over. And the enemy has retreated. And the walls of Jericho have fallen down. And now you have free reign to get another victory. And to take more ground. And to pray another prayer. And to get another victory. And David said, I slew the lion. And I slew the bear. And I'm going to slay the giant. And anything else that comes against me. I want to tell somebody today. When the enemy is on the run, you just keep running. When the enemy's back is turned, you just keep fighting. And you keep going. And keep getting the victory. Stand with me. I'm closing. I wonder how many today would just... Find a place at the altar and just say, Lord, I want to keep that victory you gave me. But not only am I going to keep that victory you gave me, I want to win again. I've got something else I want to see happen in my life, in my family. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would just in this moment raise their hand and just say, there's a victory I need in my life. And I'm not, nobody's looking around and I'm not talking about some deep, awful, dark thing. Maybe I just say, what? Just something in your life you need victory on. There's hands raised all over the house. 
Now, if your hand's raised, I want to pray for you today, but I also want to invite you to the altar because I've got prayer partners that will pray with you and pray specifically with you for the thing that you need to win in your life. And as I pray, I just invite my prayer partners, but I invite anybody else that comes. And as they worship, I'm just going to invite the whole church as they begin to worship. I'm going to just invite the whole church to come forward. But I want to pray over you in this moment right now. Jesus, we just look to you right now. Lord, you are the giver of life. You are the giver of strength. You are the giver of salvation, Lord, but you are our champion. You are victorious. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would give us victory over the things that we face and the things that we fight. And I pray it today in Jesus' name. I wonder how many would come. If you're in the, uh, come quickly today. Come quickly. They're going to sing. I'm asking if you would come. Come forward. Come all the way Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend. And don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.